welcome to Talking Sports with TK. I am Tommy Chrysan. Glad to be here. Glad to have you there. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Please share with all of your friends. This episode, Chin Music. I'll be joined, as always, by Rick Robinson, and we're going to talk baseball at the Olympics. Yeah, that's happening over in Tokyo now. We're going to back it up, and we've got a special guest for you, Rick Green, member of the LSU Tigers 1991 College World Series champion. He was the pitcher on the mound that recorded the final out. We're going to back you up. 1992, he played for Team USA, red, white, and blue. He played for the Olympic baseball team as they competed in Barcelona, Spain. We'll talk to Rick all about that. Got some great stories, some interesting people he played with, and uh, George Steinbrenner. That's all I'm going to say. You don't want to miss the great stories coming up about baseball in the Olympics, starring Rick Green along with Rick Robinson and myself. This podcast is brought to you by K to Z Window Coverings. You're going to hear from them in just a minute. Hey, you know the drill. Like, follow, share. Let everybody know about this. If you're a baseball person, you got a baseball friends, they need to hear this podcast. Don't forget to connect with me on social media. Tommy Chrysan, K-R-Y-S-A-N, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I got a YouTube channel, and I am the oldest dude on TikTok. Search for Talking Sports with TK on TikTok. Hit me up on all the other social media platforms. We're going to hear from our good friends at K-Z Window Coverings, and we'll come back. We'll be joined by Rick Robinson. We'll be joined by Rick Green. This is Chin Music, all a part of Talking Sports with TK. I'm Tommy Chrysan. Stay tuned. K-Z Window Coverings. Are you looking for interior plantation shutters, custom blinds, or draperies? Then you need K2Z, a local company owned and operated by Brandon Barton, a 20-year veteran of the window treatments industry. Call 791-1220. That's 791-1220 for a free in-home consultation. K2Z Window Coverings. Yes, we come to you. Call now, 791-1220. K2Z Window Coverings. Special podcast as I've got two guests with me. Of course, we have Rick Robinson, the award-winning author who always joins us on Chin Music and something he and I have done for many, many years, uh, decades actually. And with the Olympics going on in Tokyo and uh, baseball getting underway, we've got a USA Olympian from 1992 in Barcelona, Spain. Uh, it played at LSU, got the last out on the, uh, five, on the first College World Series title for the Tigers back in 1991 and went to Barcelona with the United States team in 1992. So first off, Rick Robinson, good morning. How are you today? Ready for some chin music? I am ready for some chin music, and I am ready to watch baseball in the Olympics. <laughs> Rick Green, uh, how are you doing, sir? I am doing well. Thanks, Tommy, for having me on. And just like Rick, it's exciting to uh, see baseball back in the Olympics. Uh, A little bit on Rick Green. He's from Miami, came to LSU to play baseball for Skip Bertman. As I mentioned, got the final out in the 1991 College World Series championship game in Omaha. And then Rick Green, it was off to try out for the Olympic team. Tell us about how you found out you had the invitation and you were going to try out for the United States of America Olympic baseball team. Well, it actually started out the, the uh, fall before that, and they had a uh, preliminary uh, tryout type uh, situation down in Homestead, Florida, and they had five teams of, of people, of, of players, um, 
one from the north, south, east, and west, and then they had a team from Florida. And I was a part of Team Florida because I was from there. And Tommy Lasorda was there, met him, which was an amazing experience. And we started our preliminary um, Olympic trials down there the, the fall before. So they kind of whittled down who they wanted to, to bring back in the spring or after the, the uh, college baseball season. Um, and then in June – is when we started our Olympic pre-trial, um, pre, pre-games, uh, where we traveled the, the, the country getting ready. Um, and, and basically the coaches pared down the, the uh, roster from about 35 or 40 players down to the, to the roster size of 20. And so they did that all summer. And, so, and that so, would. So had Frazier already been named coach? At that yes. point, is, is he already making those cuts? And I guess one of the things that I find interesting is, is you're from Miami. He was coach of the Miami Hurricanes. Did he know you prior to going into those tryouts? Oh, yes. And our pitching uh, coach was Brad Kelly from the University of Miami who recruited me. And you, you, you bring up a good point that the entire time, the roster size of 20 is is, is actually pretty low. Like, it's hard to have a – a roster with only 20 guys. The big leagues is 25 or 26 now. And, you know, even the college roster is 35 players. So 20 guys, you're thinking, okay, there's a lot of talent here. Uh, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, you know what? Frazier and Kelly could could hold it against me that I didn't go to Miami. They could have a little grudge. Um, not that they would, but you just, you always have that in the back of your mind. So I'm playing the entire summer thinking that, I'm not going to make this team because it's not, you know, in the cards, basically. So, so yeah, let's point out, uh, let's point out Ron Frazier was the head coach of the Miami Hurricanes for a long time. Lots of success, won a college world series, had an assistant by the name of Skip Bertman. And he was like the first guy to like really put lights up and try to show that you could have fun and make money with college baseball. You know, he was one of the first guys that started doing that in the seventies. And then it, it grew into the eighties when college baseball really exploded. Go ahead, Rick Robinson. Well, you know, I was wondering that then. So, so when do you get the call that you you've made the team? What, what's that feeling like when you, and did, did Frazier make the call? What, what's the, how, how does it happen that you get the call that you're in? So we, at the time, the, the USA Baseball uh, headquarters were in Millington, Tennessee, right outside of, of Memphis. So in, in the middle of June, we had all these guys that met in Millington, and they basically gave us all our gear and said, look, we're going to do this barnstorming tour throughout the United States. And as, as the summer goes on, we're just going to cut guys and cut guys until we get down to our you know final roster of 20. So I'm just going to read you where where all we went in a, in a six week time frame, um, starting on June 11th, we played Venezuela for three games in Millington. Then we went to Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Atlanta, and Indianapolis in four consecutive days. Then back to Millington, Tennessee, for three games to play Japan. Then we go to Chicago, Wichita, Seattle, St. Louis, and then take three games down in in Cuba on the opposite side of the island from Havana. Uh, Then we play in Denver, Colorado, July 4th, the old Mile High Stadium, which they convert to baseball by moving the stands. 
And that was in July 4th against the Cubas. And we had 65,000 people in the stands, which was an amazing experience. Then we so go what was, to what was it like to uh, to be in front of that had to be at that point the biggest crowd you'd ever played before? Oh, by far. You know, we played in ten thousand plus in um, at LSU and at Mississippi State, but and then the College World Series had anywhere from sixteen to eighteen thousand. It's a, at Rosenblatt they didn't have as as many seats as TD Ameritrade, but that was really really cool. On July fourth, you know, the pride and the the patriotism and all that fireworks after the game. Um, it was it was really really cool. Um, Rick, did, so, did you pitch? Did you pitch in that game on July fourth? I did, and I gave up a laser home run to one of the Cuban guys that is probably still going. Um, <laughs> well, Rick was a relief pitcher on a team, and he held the saves record at LSU. It took almost twenty years for the career saves mark to be broken at LSU. So he was the, the right-hander that came in out of the pen and finished it off. As I mentioned, he got the last out when LSU won their first college world series title in 1991. So that, that had to be unbelievable to pitch. I can't figure you'd give up a laser. It's because of the altitude, right? Oh, I've totally blamed it on the altitude, but <laughs> I, you, you know, you may not believe this, but I literally just pulled up um, our schedule that I'm reading off to you right now and all of the stats from that summer. And I had a really, really, really good summer. And, and that's goes back to Rick's question that I don't think Frazier really could have released me or cut me because of my numbers. I had 20 games pitched that summer, 26 innings. Only gave up five earned runs, uh, nine walks, 18 strikeouts. I had the best ERA on the team. So I, I figured I had pitched myself into a, a good position. But leaving leaving Denver on July 4th, we go to Minneapolis, back to Millington for a couple of days to kind of reset. Then we go to Fenway, Buffalo, New York. We go to um, Camden Yards in Baltimore. We go to Charlotte, AAA, Richmond, AAA, back to Millington, Louisville, Kentucky, and then we played in the old um, uh, Philadelphia Stadium. I guess it was uh, trying to think of the name. Yeah, the vet. So now we're in uh, July 18th. We're we're done with our pre-Olympic schedule. Um, We go from there. We go to Tampa to kind of um, start uh, where all of the Olympians in America kind of congregating in Tampa. You get all your gear from the Olympic committee. You finally made the team once they had cut down to 20 players. And that's when you really, there's no big fanfare. There's no, you know, you know, uh, proclamation. There's no nothing. You just, you didn't get cut and you survived all the cuts. Left. I you survived all the all cuts. cuts. So they're cutting along yeah. all the way and you, you've not gotten a pink slip in your locker. Yeah, exactly right. So, you know, we make it, and now we head to Barcelona. Tell me some of the other uh, key players, guys, uh, who ended up with major league careers, and many of them still involved in baseball. Uh, Give uh, our audience a feel for some of your teammates on that 92 Olympic baseball team. Well, we had a – it was still all college players. They they weren't in the – in, in the practice of using AAA and, and major league players. So we were all college guys. Um, most of us were juniors, a couple of seniors. We had Nomar Garcia Parra, who was actually a freshman, and he was that good to make that team. Uh, Charles Johnson and Jeff Alkire were both University of Miami guys. So Frazier and Kelly really, really liked them. 
Uh, we had Jason Veritek, who was who gone on to be, you know, a tremendous catcher with Boston and caught a couple of no hitters and was world champions. Um, Jeff Hammonds was a big name that year and um, was one of our highest drafted guys that year who went to Stanford. Uh, Phil Nevin was uh, with Cal State Fullerton. They had beat LSU us in the uh, regionals that year in 92. And then Jason Giambi was a, was a big name on that team as well, who was actually um, playing first base and tossed me the ball when I tore my ACL in the Olympics. So we had a pretty good uh, staff. Um, pitchers were kind of um, no really big names. A few, a few guys that actually played in the big leagues, but um you know, we were just a ragtag group of guys that were just uh, trying to compete. So, so you so that was Barcelona, off Barcelona. Now you're you're walking in on the opening ceremonies. That's got to be a rush like nobody has ever felt before. You ha- you have to yeah. be part of that crew to feel it. What did it feel like? So my mom and her husband were, were, were already there. They were going. I knew they were there. And about two or three days before the opening ceremonies, some friends of my dad and his wife pulled together a bunch of frequent flyer miles and wound up giving them to them so they could go. Like my dad had fully prepared not to, not to be able to make it. So they're there at the opening ceremonies. Um, we're walking into the stadium, and all of a sudden they stop our row and we're like in this tunnel type thing and there's a, a doorway to the left and they stop us they're like hold up and in walks the dream team so literally we walk in right behind the dream team and Jordan did not walk but almost every other player did and so we're walking into the stadium the dream team's there we're there it's uh we've got these royal blue uh, jackets on these Greg Norman type hats, uh, khaki pants, and these, uh, you know, these shoes that look like they came out of, uh, you know, the the 40s and 50s with your with your zoot suit looking, you know, spats, um, and it's just an amazing experience. That year, the guy um, lit the cauldron with this flaming arrow, so he, you know, lights the arrow and draws back and shoots it over the thing and those cauldron lights and it's amazing and it's, it's fantastic so, so during now, that during so now that you start same, playing ball no 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 i got a better story real quick okay so right so at the end of the 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 opening ceremonies now we've got these eighty thousand athletes are trying to funnel out of this one one doorway and uh george steinbrenner was vice president of the Olympic Olympic committee and had been for years. He's very involved with, with, uh, with the Olympics. So we're all there. We're all kind of mushed together. And this, uh, somebody asked George Steinbrenner to take a picture of them. Now this was before camera cell phones and all this stuff. It was, you know, like an actual camera. And so I must've been in the picture and he asked me, George Steinbrenner asked me, Hey, can you slide over a little bit? And I was like, yeah, no problem, Cat Daddy. Just like that. And I called him Cat Daddy, okay? So he he kind of like pauses for a second and he says, Cat Daddy. And I said, yeah, you know, you're dressed up like everybody else. I knew who he was, of course. I said, you're dressed up like everybody else. We're all having fun, you know, no big deal, whatever. And he's like, okay. So he takes the picture. He gives the camera back to the people. And we all like basically start filing out of this doorway again. And so somebody like a minute or so later says, Hey man, what sport do you play? And I said, baseball. 
And man, he whipped around like he's his head was gonna snap off his neck. <clears throat> and and I was literally right behind him. And I stuck my hand out and I said, "How you doing, Mr. Steinbrenner? My name is Rick Rick Green. I'm on the baseball team. The Yankees drafted me out of high school. I just wanted to say thank you for that. I wound up going to LSU, but you know, nice to meet you." And he's like, "Okay, yeah, great." So now it's like three o'clock in the morning. We finally get back to the uh, Olympic Village. Everybody gets undressed. You go to the, you go to the cafeteria because it stays open twenty four hours a day. And all my teammates are like, "Man, they're looking for you. The, the coaches are looking for you." And I'm like, "What?" And so I finally go to the coaches. They're like, "Look, what happened with George Steinbrenner?" I told them the story, and they're like, "Well, <clears throat> he wants to um, kick you off the team and send you home." And make you give back all your Olympic gear because you called him a fat man in front of everybody and and embarrassed him. And I'm like, that's not what happened. I've got several witnesses. And they're like, okay, well, what do you what do you think is, you know, what we gotta do something? I said, look, I'll just let me wash some clothes and I'll and I'll write him a written apology. And they're like, whatever. That sounds great, just to kind of appease him. He was totally on some sort of ego trip. So Fast forward. George Steinbrenner? To... No, don't say it's true. George Steinbrenner's on has an <laughs> ego trip? I find that hard <laughs> to believe, Rick. <clears throat> well, <clears throat> email really wasn't even a big thing. Well, we had these these uh, accounts that you people could send you email messages within within the, the uh, Olympic Village. So Steve Wolf, a reporter from Sports Illustrated, t- uh, sent me an email about three quarters away through the Olympics. And says, hey, there's a rumor you told off Steinbrenner. And I'm like, look, that's not what happened. I, and he said, look, I, I really want an interview with you. I said, I'll give you all the nuggets you want. Meanwhile, I had already torn my ACL. Looks like we weren't going to medal. <clears throat> I was tired. I was, I'd been, been drafted by Detroit. You know, it's just, uh, it was time, you know. So he, he, I says, look, don't print my name, but I'll give you the, the goods. The day we're playing for the bronze medal, the article comes out in Sports Illustrated, and it said Steinbrenner couldn't keep his nose out of baseball while, you know, walking out of the opening ceremonies. He thought a, a, a player told him, called him fat man and embarrassed him and, you know, whatever. So the, the coaches are going crazy. The traveling secretary is going crazy, and I'm just like, you know what? I don't care. It was a great story. No big deal. So I know we're running short on time. But then anyway, I start my pro career and I'm playing in in Tampa against the Tampa Yankees and and Derek Jeter's on the team. So this was 93. So Steinbrenner's in the stands. Now, of course, all my teammates have heard this story about Cat Daddy and Steinbrenner's in the stands because he's watching Jeter and and he talks to our two players on the, the Lakeland Tigers team to say, Who's that out there pitching for you guys? And they said, oh, that's Rick Green, our first-round pick from last year. And they remember, they know the story, so they're thinking he's going to say something. And he goes, oh, yeah, I've heard a lot of good things about him. So he had no idea who I was <laughs> and, and just, just got embarrassed that I, that I reached out to him and kind of treated him as an equal, I guess. I don't know what it was, but it was a great story that's, that's lasted a, a long so time. How'd you, so how did you guys do win-losses? Uh, how did that go? So we played um, Spain first. We beat them. We beat Chinese Taipei. We beat Italy. And we lost to Cuba, nine to six. Uh, Frazier had this idea that Rick Helling, a pitcher from Stanford, was the only guy that could really pitch and beat Cuba. And that didn't work out as well as we wanted to. Then we played Puerto Rico 
the game I tore my ACL. I got the win in that game, uh, beat them eight to two, beat the Dominican Republic 10 to zero. And then we lost to Japan. We lost to Cuba, which would have, um, if we'd have beat the Cubans, we'd have been put in the, in the gold medal game. But then we lost to Japan again in the bronze medal game, game eight to three. And that was August 5th. I had surgery August 9th in Birmingham. And uh, then I was able to start my pro career the next the next uh, spring with, with Detroit. All right. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, Rick Robbins, did you have any final question for Rick Green? No, but I would encourage everybody to go to the River City News uh, uh, and look for a column that I wrote about Rick Green being Cincinnati Reds' answer to Moonlight Graham. You could actually... <laughs> You can actually search those words uh, uh, of Rick Green, Moonlight Graham, and you will pop up with a story on the River City News, and it will tell you about uh, Rick Graham's uh, or Rick Green's day in the big leagues and how he became Cincinnati's uh, Moonlight Graham. That's uh, rcnky.com. Uh, look it up. It was fun. We've actually done he's actually done an interview here in Greater Cincinnati over that and. Uh, uh, remembering his his uh, his day and his week in the majors all right but, guys really Rick, been good to talk of, to you really been a lot of fun on this episode of chin music and share this with all your friends great stuff while the u.s is playing in the olympics in tokyo we go back uh, almost 20 years thank you guys thanks guys see you next week tommy we'll talk about trades then another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app find a location near you at bank of talk to us what would you like the power to do mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices message and data rates may apply bank of america and a member fdsc